Were you playing? Did you play stuff on the plane? I can't play games. I can't play the Nintendo Switch or a Steam Deck on a plane. Oh, explain. I might be able to play like a Game Boy sized screen uh -huh. on a plane. But, you know, I have a rough time on the planesies in general. Uh-huh. Um, because I got bad tubes in my head. My <laughs> tubes are all bad and messed up. They're like tangled up and and crooked. They're and... tangled up. They're, there's gunk in them. Yeah. It's nasty bad. Uh, so generally when I'm on a plane, I'm in like a constant state of like panic. Uh-huh. Um, not because I'm afraid of flying. I'm really not. Yeah. And when I tell people this, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you must. No, actually, I love flying. It's it's hella cool yeah. to sit up in a, in a chair looking at clouds and stuff. It just I makes like my it. ears bleed. <laughs> it just makes it so that there's an ice pick being driven <laughs> into... The, my, the side of my head it's very very painful and i i gotta chew a lot you ought to see me when i fly i'm yeah. like clockwork yeah everything has a specific moment i've sat where with you. and yeah. i chew gum all day yeah. i never stop chewing gum i chew gum from the morning i wake up until i land and then once i land i can throw the, i throw the gum away after i get off the plane it's the first yeah. thing i do is get that nasty gum out of my mouth because i gotta chew gum or oh, i'll die yeah. the, the so we just did this trip to portland uh with with space cats peace turtles and old gamers almanac and our dearly beloved intern ej sanders went with us and it was his first time on a plane ever in his life he's never been on an airplane before that's not what i heard i uh, heard he flies delta he only. flies delta that's only he, he flies delta all the time uh but there was a wonderful moment where uh, he did not. He he wanted window seat, but he did not want the windows open. That was not necessarily a preferable experience. Was to see ah, so how the, far away the ground was from the purse from us. The, the least fun possible stance yeah. to have yeah, is yeah. window, but with <laughs> no. it closed. But at one point, and this is this is flying in night. It's it's like it's like ten o'clock at night or something stupid. Uh, but it was also quite foggy uh, in in our our plane ride. And there was a moment where EJ, I, I got to look over and see EJ decide he was going to brave checking out the window. Just, okay, feels all right. We feel stable right now. Let me give a gander. He opens up the window. It's nothing but fog, right? You can't even see like more than 10 feet. But the plane has a bunch of lights on it, right? That strobe and blink so that other planes right. can see it. So yeah. it just looked like a red, misty hell outside. And EJ, <laughs> EJ opens up the window. <laughs> one solid beat one second closes the window and goes shouldn't have done that <laughs> let's go Hello and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. I'm Matt Martins here with Hunter Donaldson. Hi, I'm Hunter Donaldson. Uh, what's up, Matt Nation? Matt Heads, hey, rise up. Hey, this is a Matt, Matt episode. Nation. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is the definitive ranking of all video games every week at a time. And this week, we get to dip back into the every wheel. Uh, we had at the top of this season, which was just a few weeks ago, we spun the wheel twice for two games that would be off-topic games during our 90s PC game season called Beavis and Warren Spe No, Warren Spector and Butthead do... 
I don't care. It's something like it's yeah, in that it was, direction. It was a bad joke, and we're getting rid of it. It's decanonized. <laughs> Matt, what should we call this season? What do you think we should it's call it, called, Matt? This season is called the Extreme 90s uh, PC doing it big with the PCs that we had at the time. That we the, no graphics cards yet, but still PCs. That's what it's can called. Can I suggest an edit? Can we, yeah. can it be shorter? Because that was mm. so long, you trailed off at the end. Yeah. You literally got bored with your yeah. own title. I did, and just kind of stopped even saying words <laughs> out loud. So we could get something. Up. What if we called it Extreme no, Matt's Extreme Nineties? Why is it me that? every time? I hate it. Uh, I hate it. Matt uh, Martin's Extreme Nineties. Extreme Teen. Extreme Teen PC Gaming. Okay, Extreme Teen PC Gaming. That's what it we'll, is so far. We will go with that. I will remember that, yeah. and I'm, I'm writing it down right now. Uh -huh. I'm watching title. you definitely write it down. Hey, but that none of that matters today because today's an off-topic game. From the Every Wheel, we spun it, and White Bush's entry of Crystallis was the winner. Very excited for this one. F right off the top, I want to say... I've said Crystallis a couple times in the past on this show, and White Bush has messaged me to say, it's Crystallis. And I just want to say, I've seen an American commercial for Crystallis in the 90s, and they say Crystallis. I reserve the right. I don't know what they say over there in foggy old London town, but over here in the States, we say Crystallis, bub. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's a made-up word, so who cares? It's not a real word, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's right? It's I mean, not I a think, real word, I think right? a Crystallis is a thing, and that's probably why a Crystallis makes sense for it to be the thing. But this is Crystallis the sword, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, yeah, yeah, this is, it's a proper noun for a made-up sword that doesn't exist, all right? <laughs> it, and it's not even, it's not even a made-up sword that doesn't exist. It's a sword that exists in a post-apocalyptic science fiction adventure yeah. RPG game. Right, that is also uh, a fantasy game because the post-apocalypse is just fantasy world, well, for the most part. Well, it's a classic post-apocalyptic fantasy yeah. where the monsters are probably meant to just be like normal animals that have been irradiated Morphed. you know yeah 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 uh, well let's hear from whitebush of why crystallis was chosen crystallis as someone who was born in 1980 nes games will always rank high not only in nostalgia but because of their originality and a great getaway from the florida heat uh mega man battletoads ice hockey zelda Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior, just a few of the games that define my childhood. But for me, Crystallis stands at the top. It draws all the best aspects from Zelda, Dragon Warrior, and Final Fantasy and puts them together into one sci-fi fantasy action RPG. Great original storyline, non-random encounters, many choices of armor and weapons that get upgraded throughout the game, an open world with lots of needless backtracking, <laughs> great music, and a clear and simple leveling up system for your character. The controls are tight and responsive, as is the case with many games from that era. The difficulty in the progression of the game sometimes comes from a lack of straightforward objectives and more of needing to use your intuition from conversations with townsfolk and then search. So most modern players should not feel bad for referring to a guide to keep frustration away. But if you want to experience, in my opinion, one of the greatest RPGs the NES had to offer, don't skip this one. Go play Crystallis. Yeah, uh, and I would uh, concur yeah. with a lot of what White Bush said there. This is a great game. Uh, it's a NES action RPG that 
feels like it delivers a a, a adventure story yeah. and and a game that has that kind of I'm not sure what's in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it feels like the potential for it to be anything right. is very, very high. And right. I love that feeling when games give you that. Yeah, you've talked about this a couple of times with me about just like how the NES in general be, is able to evoke that of just like, I don't know. Everyone was trying stuff. And so all of yeah. these games are capable of pretty much anything. Yeah, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of consensus on what the home console market needed to be as far as what kinds of games needed to be on yeah. it. I mean, you games have always had a lot of copying off each other's homework, sure. right? And I mean, you could say that Crystallis definitely, especially at fir on first blush, yeah. looks like a Zelda clone, right? Like right. a Zelda-like. Yeah. I think that's mostly because it almost never uses any kind of side-scrolling mode. It's almost always top-down overworld yeah. type stuff right um almost it, it i would say the the design of crystallis is almost like what if legend of zelda was all just one big dungeon instead of feeling like it has like two different modes if that makes yeah, any sense. yeah pretty much yeah um it, it's a bit less mysterious too i would say than like the legend of zelda if people have played the original though the original legend of zelda really just kind of plops you in it and is like you go you go figure it out whereas crystallis is certainly more on rails more story way focused. more context yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's there's the townspeople tell you i mean the townspeople <laughs> do tell you where to go yeah, and what yeah. to do exactly pretty obviously right yeah right it's, yeah. it's really not that hard uh the white bush referred to like some backtracking and some lack of straightforward objectives which i do agree with to a certain extent although i I will say, and I, I followed along with a guide to a certain extent, but I, I was also able to generally figure out like most of the stuff. There are there are probably like three instances in the game where it's like, I hope you came across this item because uh, the item you need to progress now to get past like this door is just right. somewhere kind of in the world that you've previously explored so far and you better get to digging or whatever. The worst example of that is very early on, actually. You get kind of the worst one out of the way quick, but there's a there's a thing you have to find where you're not even... You do get told, actually, which is fair. Like, you get told, like, there I dropped something in the forest or something like that. But what you have to do is one of those things where you just walk around every pixel <laughs> that is on the map and bump into the thing that you can't see. It's not like it's displayed on the map. You have to just, like, rummage through bushes and then when you bump into it, oh, there's the item you will need to progress. That's like as bad as this game ever gets with with looking for progression required items. Yeah, I I saw that part in the in the guide, so I I've spent very little time being like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, is there any sort of in game gesturing at this moment at all, or is it is it really just that's it? It's just in the bushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there is there is a person in the town. I, it, from my recollection, there's someone that's like, I don't remember what the item even is. It's like a key or something. But but someone's around is like, I dropped this thing somewhere out in the wood of like this specific uh, right. forest or whatever. So if you know the names of things, you you could seemingly know at least the area you need it's a large area but you would know the right. area where you need to walk through every single Everything. space <laughs> every little every little space counts yeah. yeah well i mean you know what else are they gonna do it was it was the early days yeah. you know yeah. um and yeah hiding hiding stuff always seems like a good call until it isn't but 
whatever. I followed along with a guide through this game. I also did not finish this game. I'll go ahead and put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have, uh, I am currently playing through Yakuza Ishin yeah. uh, and trying to stay on track for that. Uh, but don't get me wrong. I did like this game yeah. a whole, a whole heck of a lot. It is exactly the type of uh, weirdo NES experience yeah. that I am, you know, always excited to dig into and experiment with. But Matt, yeah, this is a big. You've been hyping this up to me big time. You've been hyping this episode up. This is this is a Matt story episode. Yeah. What what happened with you in this game? Uh so okay, let's go back even way further to where Whitebush emailed us like as soon as this show started. Whitebush is in the SCPT community. We've known Whitebush well enough for a, a while, but when we started this show, Whitebush emailed us and was like, "Y'all gotta play Crystallis." And I was like, right. oh, 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 I'll check it out. I don't know. This is like we barely even had maybe 10 games on the list at that time. Probably not even that much. We probably had like six games on the list. Right. Uh, and so I hopped onto the on my switch right then and there and booted up Crystallis because I was just like, why not? Let's check it out. This is also like in those first 50 games, I, a couple times I would like hop on the Nintendo Switch emulator stuff and look for something and be like, maybe that's something we could play at some point. And I, I feel like I even maybe pushed for this very lightly at one point and we decided not to do it. But I played a little bit of it, just the first opening area, and it kind of instantly sunk its little uh, hooks in me. I, I, I liked right out the gate, um, the graphics are... They are a little bit better for NES standards in in my book. I mean, it's like I don't really like the way Legend of Zelda looks. Basically, like that's that's my that's my uh, personality flaw is I don't like how Legend of Zelda one looks at all. Uh, and this game was like, oh, this looks better than that to me. So I'm already like a little bit onboarded. And for some reason, what clicks with me was just the basic action RPG element of this is you have a sword. And that sword can fire a projectile. Uh, if you're familiar with like the Zelda trope or, or other games, like you have to have full health. You don't have to have full health in this game to fire the thing. You can just always fire like a beam from your sword. And I would say, honestly, right. that's the main way you attack anything in this game. Uh, to actually get up close with stuff and hit it with your sword is a good way to get hurt way too often uh, and die too often in this game. So I, I right. was almost always playing ranged. The hitboxes are a little bit wonky. They're a little bit tuned uh, (laughs) to kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when bats get on the screen. Then it's just a nightmare. The bats are... We'll talk about the bats later. But uh, you kill an enemy, gold poops out. And you go pick up the gold, and then the gold lets you go buy more gear. And that's... It, it's not an overcomplicated loop. You you gain experience for killing the thing, and as you level up, the leveling up doesn't do a whole lot. I suppose it increases your damage so that later enemy types you do more to, but mostly the leveling up is just a gateway for bosses and areas, which the game is not good at telegraphing. We'll talk about that more later. But in general, the leveling up, you don't have to think about too much, and then the rest is just collecting gold to, to buy gear and i don't know i liked that like i liked how simple that was i just run into town stock up on consumables try to get the best shield i'm always i always like doing that if anything that's like maybe a thing that makes me sad sometimes to know that in like some jrpgs 
the idea that you would buy the gear is not really very uh, advisable because you'll always find better gear in the world where I'm like, I see the shot. Like, I like buying the expensive gear. I don't know. And so I liked that Crystallis hmm. was like, that's all. That's the whole system with this. You won't you'll rarely find gear. The late game, you start finding some pieces of gear. But for the most part, you right. buy your gear. And so I don't know. That just hooked me. And I finished basically the first major area. We weren't going to play it anymore. So I set it down. And then when we chose it. I was able to pick it back right from there and uh, get right back on board with it. And I think it just, I, I think the thing I agree the most with in Whitebush's uh, explanation is that the controls are tight and responsive. If you want to hook me on an action RPG, and this is totally subjective, like different games are tight for different people, but like right. that's the number one reason for me, Hyperlight Drifter clicks with me is it just feels ah. right i sit down and hyperlight drifter feels right i sat down and crystallis felt right it, it didn't feel clunky i feel like i understood how to move around and how to how to actually hit enemies like right away and that's that's sometimes if the game is feels wonkier than that i'll just never get onboarded yeah so i guess what i'm kind of curious about though is like the when you started talking to me about your experience about this game yeah you were kind of framing it in such a way as to like, can you believe I, the great <laughs> Matt Martins, can enjoy Crystallis? And I'm not, why? Why, why, is it, why is it framed that way? What is it about Crystallis that seems like it wouldn't be a game that you like? Well, it's grindy in terms of you, you just kill enemies, get gold, and, and that's how you slowly upgrade stuff. And there's a few moments in the game where literally it's like, listen, you didn't progress enough. You got to just go out there and kill monsters until you're the right spot. And I feel like that's traditionally something. I mean, that seems like a thing that would push me off of like JRPGs and stuff. Although I, I don't even know if I fully back that up because I think there are types of grind that I'm capable of. But then the, the other side of it is just like, I traditionally haven't liked any NES games. So it's, it, I, I was surprised to not just like an NES game, but like to like it quite a bit. How many NES, like sometimes I wonder though, yeah. are your prejudices very well informed because how many oh, NES no. games have you even bounced off of? Yeah, I mean, I've probably bounced off of like 15 to 20 total games in my entire life from the NES. It was the thing where we had a Super Nintendo when I was younger and like a babysitter had an NES and the the, the SNES just was better. At the, like for, for my brain at that time, it's like, well, why would I play the NES? The SNES is the better one. And so it's like, I tried a couple different things. I tried like a Ziggy game, the egg, right? Hated that. Never never really liked Duck Hunt. Is it Ziggy? I don't know what his name is. Are you talking about Dizzy? It might uh, be Dizzy. It might is be that Dizzy even the egg. A super, is that even a Nintendo thing? I thought that was like the, the British uh the British uh character platformer guy, uh, the weird is is that right? Am I saying is it right? Is it Dizzy? It is Dizzy. But it was on the NES. It is also like a ZX Spectrum, Commodore. It's on like a, a lot of stuff. But it, there was a NES version of that game. Of Dizzy? Yeah. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I definitely, it's definitely been just a, like you're saying, it, it's an uninformed prejudice. But it's just like, I, so far, I mean, I didn't really like Journey to Silius that much. Uh, no. I, I like Mario 3, but obviously I have my hangups with it. It's like when we talk about Mario 3 for you, it's like the greatest game of all time. And I have enough hangups for it where I think my notion in my head is just like, I just don't like NES stuff. There's just a certain amount of cruft to NES stuff that, that I can't get down with. But I just didn't feel it this time around. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I feel like 
it's we've kind of we've learned some things here mm-hmm. about about your care the character you play on the show uh-huh. um <laughs> first of all i feel like we've learned that that you you really like pace like the character needs to move quickly i think it's interesting that you describe this game of having good game feel yeah because i would say that it has fast game feels not right. the same as having good sure. in my opinion the hit boxes are really really wonky and you very frequently the challenge of the game and this by, by the way this criticism I'm about to throw out um is i don't i don't give a heck about what i'm about to <laughs> right. say okay because i play all kinds of games where uh yeah part of the game playing it is there's the challenge the designer wanted you to yeah, have yeah. and then there's the challenge the designer had as right, well in making it work you're at kind all. of fighting both <laughs> yeah you're fighting what they want you to do and also how am i going to do it yeah and i would say that um you know no shade at white bush what crystallis has that yeah, yeah okay there are times where there is a designed challenge and then there is well, I mean, this is as tight as we could get this game at this moment. Yeah. Uh, the bats being like probably the easiest Absolutely. example of this, but I would describe a lot of the monsters that you fight, even in like the open plains, of having this sort of, am I like, am I an idiot? Am I like, did yeah, I yeah. miss that? Like, how did I miss that? Yeah. Like, the hitboxes are a little bit wonky, a little bit weird. Um, and it feels, and I don't even know if you would call them hitboxes actually on the NES, but right. regardless, wherever the point is that you're supposed to hit with each attack, especially your ranged attacks, yeah. can feel a little bit disconnected from the visual information that you're getting in a way that I feel like someone that plays a lot of the game is probably really used to. Yeah. Um, but for me, I definitely noticed like, oh, this has got some of that, some of that grit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I just, it, it, maybe it's one of those things where it clicks with me more than that. Cause I, I could. I think I know what you're referring to, but it's like it never, it never clocked with me. Like I just, I, it felt right. I mean, it definitely felt bad to, like I said, get up close and personal and try to use the sword on something that was like yes. never good. But so then to me, it was just like the strategy of the game is like, you got to keep your distance from pretty much everything, which is why the bats are the worst. Let's talk about the bats. The bats fly in from off screen. They wiggle around like crazy. They just move. They never stop moving. And then they'll just at random intervals, like dart at you. And with them specifically, you can, you can almost never hit them with a ranged attack. Your only option is to sit there and spam sword in all directions and hope that it gets hit by you. And in later sections of the game, there's like super, up different types of bats that operate the same way as bats but they fly in there are areas of the game basically as you play it that you learn are safe for uh uh farming or whatever grinding you know i'm, I'm just gonna level right. up there are areas that are safe for that because there's no stupid bats and then there's areas where it's like well i could grind here because this is like the most leveled up enemies. It's the, it's the place I'm going to get the fastest experience. But there's freaking bats everywhere. And no thanks. Uh, I'll just die if I spend too long in here. And so you end up. It's kind of like it's an annoying feature. But it adds to an interesting pace. Where some dungeons are get in and get out. Like get the, get the gear. Finish the task. And get out of there. And some of them you actually spend like a lot of time in. And you explore. And you try to find everything. And it is all down to whether or not there are bats. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you feel about the grinding though? Was there ever a point where you felt like. Because I remember at one point I was yeah. talking to you. And it sounded like you grinded for like a crazy yeah. long amount of time. Well I, I had a stupid moment where I thought. I kind of tried to do the thing where you you guess and check. Like how much experience and gold you're getting from specific enemies. And I thought I had checked around 
and I just did a bad job of checking around because I thought an area I was in was not offering me enough experience. So I like backtracked a ways to an area where there's these like hydras walking around and I knew those were pretty good, at least for that area. Let's say they gave you 50 experience points. And at the time that they're in there, everything else is giving you like 20. So it's like, ooh, these hydras are pretty good. But I right. had to get like, I had to get like, 500 to like no more than that like 2000 i mean i grind i i grinded for like two and a half hours on these hydras just to just to get to the requisite levels i needed to do there's two bosses back to back and you have to be like level 14 and then immediately level 15 which is which feels stupid and the worst thing is you get into a boss and you don't have any indication what your level needs to be but then when you get into the boss fight you start trying to fight them and you hear the little tink 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 sound yeah dink that means your attacks are doing no damage and you're like oh okay guess i just have to die and go back and go grind until i level up and see if that's the right level and so when you get to this one you do it correctly for one boss and then you get to the next immediate boss like which is 30 seconds later and then you hear the dink again and you're like oh my god okay fine i'll go do it again uh uh, and i did all of it on these hydras and then i later found out i could have gone to just like you're like in the ocean and there's plenty of easy enemies to kill that are like 250 experience as opposed to 50. And I could have saved <laughs> myself literally like a, a fifth of the time. But I have to give myself credit because that's the kind of thing where, I don't know, old Matt would have gotten fed up and and mad at the game. And this is like one of the rare instances where something objectively stupid happened to me. And I went, oh, Matt, you fool. Oh, well, that was pretty funny. Let's move on. And I don't know how I was capable. I don't know what ushered that out of me, but I was able to just laugh at that and move on, which has like never happened with an instance like that. Yeah, that is really wild. I feel like I feel like in the past when we've talked about games like this, if we were to talk about a moment like this, the framing would be something like the game has judged you not good enough to play it yeah it has betrayed me it it has betrayed you it came over to your house and it (laughs) and it 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 you know it ate all your cookies you know (laughs) you have no cookies now because the game came over you invited it over it ate all your cookies and now you have no cookies right so why why did why did this game hit that way like why why did it not feel i don't know like it was judging you i mean you can directly compare it to darkest dungeon right these are two games where our audience, just like in in kind of a, a legions of them, said this is well. I mean, only one person was telling us Crystallis was great, but there were a lot of people saying Darkest Dungeon is great. And I had like a dumb goof em up moment in Darkest Dungeon, and I was just like, I don't want to do it. And I, I, it's hard to say what exactly it is. I think it's the knowledge that like things in Darkest Dungeon, I, I think still feel kind of slow. I think it's that pace thing you were talking about, where if a game feels slow, getting set back, it's hard for me not to think about how much I have to do to get back to where I was, how much just just raw time it will take. Right. Whereas Crystallis, your dude runs at like 50 miles per hour everywhere through the world. So it's like, oh, I died. It's going to take me 10 seconds to get to where I was. It's not going to be, and especially, I mean, on the the emulator thing, you know, I'm using save states to a certain degree. I tried not to overuse them, and I I felt pretty good with my my method of using them. I just use them at like the starts of major areas or whatever. Um, And yeah, it just never felt 
that bad. I never felt like I was getting set back too far and I could just very quickly get to where I was. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's that pace. I think it's that the game is fine with moving quickly so that when you do mess up, it's not a long reset to get to where you were. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's the character speed because this, yes. this character moves really fast. And if you think about something like Hyper Light Drifter, yeah. uh, that's a character w who's primary mode of movement is yeah. a dash right you know right you, you like, if you don't want to do a little zone you just sprint through it and you're through the whole area in about five seconds that's very true yeah yeah you like you like it when they move fast i think i like just to put just to put a little bit of me in it i think i i like precision a little more yeah i i like uh I like feeling like I have a very direct control. This is why Mario is so great. Mm -hmm. The friction of Mario allows for like a lot of subtle levels of feeling like I am in control of this character. And when I do something that was cool, it's like, whoa, that was cool. You yeah, know, like, yeah. whereas I, I do feel like the movement of a character like the main character in Crystallis who... You even get a name. The character's like been woken up. Yeah, yeah. From think, like a cryo no, I think sleep, you're but just I don't know. The, you actually I get think a you're name. You're just for the your character. character. Yeah. Yeah, you're just the main character. The way that the way that you move in that it's it is tuned a little too fast for me. I would I would say that I I definitely did not bounce off the game for this reason. But you know when you were talking about game feel, I I do feel I definitely feel differently about about Crystallis for that reason of yeah. just like. If if your game speed, if the character movement speed is is fast, it can kind of feel like anytime the enemies have a lot of movement, it's like I, it's like I'm being penalized a little bit for my character being such a fast mover. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yeah. In yeah. a way that I that I don't necessarily love. Like I love it when Sonic does it to me, but but in an ethical way, yeah, right? Sure. Like there's like an unethical Sonic speed punishment, and then there is a yeah, I mean, I did get too greedy there, so you are you do have a right to spike me for getting uh, that greedy right. on how fast Sonic is, in fact, going to move. Yeah. Um, how, how did you feel about the the slower parts of this game then? Like, when, when it's not just the combat, but the, like, actual sort of... I mean, we both kind of followed this guide or whatever, but just mm -hmm. in the RPG nature, the leveling system, the exploring the environments, the solving the puzzles, how did that fit for you? Um, I mean, I... I found it compelling, if not very original or mm -hmm. uh, distinct, which I think for the NES is like kind of a big value of mine. Yeah. I would say that Crystallis, uh, from an execution standpoint, is like really solid. And I think if you're wanting to go back to an NES game that that feels really playable, yeah. Crystallis is like a really good candidate. But I kind of like going back to the NES to see like what kind of weird stuff people thought was yeah. going to be a big deal <laughs> and just had no yeah. chance in heck. Um, Star Tropics being like a really good example of that, where it's like your guy... Well, first of all, your main character's name is Mike. You're like looking for your dad. He's like really good at... What, it's like he throws baseballs or something. He's like wow. good at throwing a baseball. Yeah. And so that means your weapon is a yo-yo or something yeah. like that. Like You're yeah, hyped start... for Bonk's adventure, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm ask, kind of interested in the, in the weird <laughs> offshoots. Whereas Crystallis is like kind of a smart... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like playing off of Zelda, but it's not copying it too closely. Right. Like it's... What's actually great about something like Crystallis is that it tricks you, right? Because you see it, you see a screenshot of it, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a Zelda. And then you sit down, and you're like, this is not really yeah. a Zelda. Right. Like, like, it's maybe 
like working off of one very specific mode of Zelda, yeah. but it don't care about a lot of the other stuff. And instead, uh, you know, we've got lots of townsfolk. We've got uh, a wild use of like the equipment that you're given in this game yeah. is very fun, right. including like some weird like one-off stuff. Uh, the fact that, well, actually I will say, this this though is actually a little bit of a detriment to me as I kind of hate how often you do have to pop up into the menus. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It's a lot of menuing. <laughs> it's a lot of menu it's stuff. It's a lot of menu, especially later in the game. Let's talk about that structurally for a second cuz I, I I like everything else you're saying. I think the characters are fun. The 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 worlds feel good. My my thinking on this game was almost this is closer to link to the past than it is Legend of Zelda 1, right? Which, and Link to the Past is learning from a bunch of lessons of other action RPGs on the NES or whatever. Like, right. Link to the Past built on a bunch of frameworks. And Crystallis feels like it's not that far removed from that, if anything, to me. Like, the the, the structure of how key items kind of get you into new areas and, and all that. It just, it, 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 it there, there was a closer connection there than I expected. But... To talk about the menuing and, and the actual items in the game. I like a lot of it. You have basically, you have swords, which you end up getting like four swords that each have an element to them. Not that it is that. You can't really tell what the elements are doing except for a sure. couple puzzle instances. Like you have an ice sword that can freeze certain patches of water to build like ice bridges. Uh, you have basically two swords that can just knock down types of walls that you would just have to know. Uh, you right. have like a plant sword or wi it's a wind sword and you have a fire sword. And then late in the game, you get the storm sword or like the thunder sword or whatever. Uh, and that that's like the super powerful one. And then, yeah, by, by the very, very end of the game, they like combine into Crystallis. But that's like a whole that's just like for the final act of the game. You, sure. Crystallis is hardly an item you care about. And it's the only item you have. They take away the rest of your inventory and you are left with just Crystallis. But spoiler, who cares? OK, uh, but those those four swords are mostly like puzzle things, but they're also, they have like various levels of damage that you would have to just sort of understand. But more importantly, certain enemies can only get damaged by certain element types. And by right. the mid game and late sections of this game, like every enemy has a type, which means you are constantly like, oh, there's a snake, gotta switch to this one. Oh, and then there's one of the bats and I gotta switch to this one. And not only that, the most annoying factor is you get your sword and then you get like a, you get an item that boosts the sword and for some reason i'll never understand they didn't make it like auto equip the item They're, like it's like the ball of fire goes with your fire sword right if right. you just equip your sword you have the level one attack if you equip your ball of fire you can get your level two and level three boosted version of that attack there's no reason I'm ever going to use the sword without the ball of fire. So I have to right. open up the menu, pick the sword, go down, pick the ball. Now I'm ready to go do the thing I was about to do. And to make matters worse, after you've done all that menuing, if you get the fully leveled up versions of the items, uh, the level three like version of the long attack is like a super huge attack. It's really cool. It does. They're, they're all very different in how they sort of attack things on the screen. But they use your mana, and your mana is a pretty precious resource, I would say. You're saving your mana for boss fights, because boss fights you can kill in lickety split if you've saved up your level 3 attacks. If, you have, if you've not spent any mana in the rest of the run, you can kill most bosses in like 3 to 5 attacks or whatever. You can just right. kill them right away. But saving your mana means you hold down the button, you charge, you have to stand still to charge your uh, long distance attack. You charge through level 1. 
you charge through level two, it's gonna keep charging up to level three until you, unless you release or you move. If you if you move around, you can like hold your attack or whatever. Right. Uh, but you get to this awkward element where you're you've got this like timing of like oh I'm in two I gotta find somewhere to fire this thing before I before I accidentally use mana right, on right. it and there's like no way to cancel the attack there's no way to stop it it's just like fire it into the abyss or accidentally use mana you didn't want to use and so yeah there's a there is a weird clunkiness to that whole system of like equip sword use it the right way it, it gets really goofy in the in the later sections of the game. Is it clunky or is it just the first, the earliest yeah, example right. of a rhythm game? Is it the rhythm action game come it, early? Yeah, it absolutely feels like that of, of, of this constant sort of swap. I mean, if, it, if this game had been on Super Nintendo, you would have just put your swords on your trigger buttons or whatever. Sure. And the yeah, game yeah. would have been like lightning fast, maybe too fast. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I do think the... Um, I like the swords. I like some of the spells too. You get you get some goofy spells, like you get a spell where you can turn into four different characters that exist in the world. And there's a bunch of puzzles in the middle of the game that are like go into the town as this dude and see what everybody has to say to you. And you got to figure out how to progress because you got to be the right person. You got to pretend. You have to impersonate these people so that you can progress through. Uh, you get like a fly spell that lets you jump over gaps and things, and that's how you get some of the like really cool loot for the end game of course i'm following a guide this whole time so my whole thing is like i love climbing to the top of the mountain to get the ultimate piece of gear to then make the final boss like basically trivial uh that's that's how i always play these kinds of games i like it when i get everything you can get and then the final thing is like too easy i i love that stuff yeah well i mean that was uh i mean that was the way that these games were designed they were designed in a in a way of like well, how do we how do we determine how difficult things should be? Well, if if things are too hard, then hopefully the player will explore the world more yeah. and therefore find things that will help them achieve various goals. Um I've actually been replaying Elden Ring. Oh yeah. Um slowly in preparation for the release of the DLC. Mm -hmm. And I was playing I I I was like I'm going to 100% at this time. I'm just going to slowly work through each area. I'm taking like wow. you know, like I'll I'll sit down for a couple hours and be like I'm going to play through all of Limgrave right now. And I found in Limgrave, <laughs> I found a guy that will just sell you a, an item that makes Margit basically much easier oh like, really pretty much makes margit trivial wow um, and it's specifically it's not and there's nothing obtuse about it it literally says like margit's shackle oh <laughs> and then when you use it it shackles margit yeah. and makes it so that margit is so much easier so this idea of um well the game is hard unless you explore and then it's easy is something yeah. we still do today right. and and in 1990 they understood this as well yeah um and i, I kind of love that that connection there. i think that's a way now that i've felt it out in this game and can re remember other like it's it's how i play like pokemon it's it, there's a few things in this world where that that's what i do i do feel like i could reapproach again the, the problem with Elden Ring for me is the commodity is just raw lots and lots of time but I could follow, it would be fun to follow more guides of like, where can I find all of the just souped up ridiculous items? And I, I like the exploring of an environment, but also where I kind of know 
where the target is. Like, I like to be able to drop yeah. the pinpoint on the map, and then it's like, I'll figure out how to get there. I'll figure it out where exactly it is once I'm in the vicinity. But I like to know exactly where I'm going, basically, uh, what I'm looking yeah. for. My goal with this playthrough with Elden Ring is to play the entire game with my iPad next to me with um, the uh, the Elden Ring uh, wiki, oh, which yeah. is called uh, Fextra Life, uh, open. And I just have my little map of the mm -hmm. world of Elden Ring, and I'm just clicking around, being like, yeah. "Eh, should wh wh what's this? What's this one all about?" And I'll I'll read a little preview, yeah. And when I'm interested, I stop, and then I just go do mm. that thing. And it is a wonderful buffet style way of uh, experiencing Elden Ring. And at this point, I don't really I've had my like my true playthrough. Yeah, of you know course. what I mean. My right. my not not cheating, not not worried about cheating myself out of anything. Let's just have the experience right. we have with the game. Of course. Uh, but now. Yeah, it's all about dishonesty. Yeah. yeah, now now I don't care. Now now it doesn't matter what my platonic ideal yeah. uh, version of my experience with this game is. Now, let's just check all the boxes. <laughs> I'm glad I stuck it through to beat it. it. It's got a kind of a wonderful end game. Like, the game gets way harder. Uh, it, it, it gets kind of crazy hard towards the end of just... The types of, again, it's it's really just more bats uh, to to a certain extent. But the hmm. the final beats of the game are where I start to understand why people like the story of it. I can't say I connected deeply to the story of this. I'm not a kid reading text boxes in 1995 or whatever. Uh, so it's it you know it's it's a certain level of you would have to invest yourself in it on the front end to like get everything out of it because you know at most anybody talks to you in two sentences at a time and then you go do something else for them but the end game so they start like all of a sudden piling everything on if anything it could be very confusing because the game sort of sets a couple things up but honestly my biggest problem was like i said earlier i started the game and then set it down and then picked it back up months and months and months later right right so i forgot that my guy stepped out of like a sci-fi pod so a lot of this game just feels like a fantasy game. And if you oh. forget there's like the sci-fi thing, you get to the end game and you're like, whoa, we're getting on a spaceship. What the hell is happening? Like things really start to uh, turn up to 11. And uh, it was a pretty hilarious moment for me to have to be reminded that this is also a sci-fi story. Uh, it, it felt almost non sequitur at that point. Yeah, that's really funny. I, I feel like that's something that like Japanese game developers were really into in this era as uh -huh. well of just like, oh, you're in the late game. Well, we're going to the moon now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about that? I, your fantasy role-playing experience. Um, You know, I'm bored with all, I'm bored yeah. with Lord of the Rings. Can we do a little Star Wars now? Yeah. There's always a point where too, you have defeated the fan, like you could call the game completed. It's like you, you defeated the fantasy boss, but you didn't know that there was a sci-fi mind controller yeah. that was in control of the fantasy boss. And so now this is the real end game. But like anybody else could be like, okay, but I did beat the, like I beat the fantasy storyline. You just had to put a weird extra thing on but there. you haven't beat the cyber psychic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <clears throat> but the final area too is is a a huge inversion on the whole game because it's like i said earlier you just get crystallis and they take away everything else from you and it's just right. like go just muscle through everything here's wave after wave of enemy and like a big crazy final boss that's more like it's out of metroid than it is out of this game at all um I will say the bosses were never that hard. Uh, it's more about the areas and surviving areas. The right. bosses, well, I mean, again, I was following a guide. The bosses would have seemed tricky, but it's the idea that 
the bosses are never about long-term execution it's there's right. always a trick it's always a trick and as soon as you can figure out which of your level three attacks kills the thing fast that'll then you'll dispatch it very very easily right yeah i mean that's that's the kind of zelda dna of it right yeah. is like yeah. let's not have the boss challenge the player's dex or endurance yeah. i should say let's just uh challenge their ability to like how well do they know their own kit yeah. i guess is kind right. of the test there yeah so yeah. solve the puzzle okay well let's let's talk about the list then what do we what do we want to do yeah. with this thing on on our list of 77 other games uh we've recently we both kind of have our running lists and our running rankings i have a spot that this thing is placed at uh i'm happy to to reveal the range of where yeah. i'm at i, I, I want to see where you're at i put it in the 40s which is like roughly middle really? of the pack right yeah it's like a it's a 43 for me that is that nothing surprising? ever makes sense with <laughs> i can talk highly of a thing and still i don't know it's like i i, I liked Weird. it for what it well, was I, kind of thing. i liked it more than you i ranked oh. it higher um <laughs> even though i didn't even finish it i was like because i think you know what you know what it is it's just like i i got inside me i have this thing that's like oh yeah dude older games are better nes uh -huh. games yeah, are yeah. just he like hella good and Right. Uh, you know, screw all these these new games. They're dumb. Um, I ranked it 41. So. Oh, okay. We're, so we're just both barely. in agreement on the 10s place. So we're in that yeah. high 40s. Yeah. My, mine ended up being because of some placement of other things. Like I had Mass Effect 2 and Metroid Dread. And I was like, it's not better than those. I, I think it's... That's exactly what I ranked it above. Is really? So you have it I above, literally put it... And I have it right I'm below. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because like, here's the thing. Mass Effect 2, at no point when playing Mass Effect 2, are you ever like... I'm not sure what this game will do next. Uh -huh. Like you never feel that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and th that's the thing about modern RPGs is like they never they're never willing to like hey, I just want to surprise you to such an extent that you have no idea yeah. what the game is going to do next. Whereas like Crystallis it's like it could have done anything and I would have been like, yeah, all right, this is what it's doing <laughs> now. It's, it it now does that. Wow. Uh, Mass Effect 2, I feel like, communicates too effectively what the what its own scope is. Yeah. Uh, which makes it a slightly less exciting pick. Well, I, I mean, I did rank them right next to each other, so it's not like I'm saying there's a world of difference. What's hilarious about this, though, if if we want to play comparisons, then what's hilarious is that uh, on it sounds like both of our lists have Mass Effect 2 in the upper 40s, and on the big yeah. list, Mass Effect 2 is 51. So well, that's EJ. Yeah, we'll have to work something out there. Uh, and then what's the other game that I just said I had it uh, ahead of? You said Metroid Dread, Metroid which is like Dread, way which is lower. Way lower. That's right. And we've we've already, and it's way lower on our our master list. But even you and I both have been kind of like maybe Metroid Dread could go higher. Although I think we we're both, I I ne we're about to play Hollow Knight, or I'm about to play Hollow Knight. You just replayed Hollow Knight, and I think we get to go back in the camp of like Metroid Dread's not impressive. Tank it, shove it in the trash can. Who cares? Uh, yeah, but so we we have a conflict then between the two of us of whether or not Crystallis is better or worse than Mass Effect Two. So can we branch out in either direction from Mass Effect Two and come up with like a tens essentially to start try to rank within? Well, yeah, I think I think the forties, right? Or yeah. or where where is well, Mass, Mass Effect, Effect Two? Is fifty one? That's the problem. It's uh, it's hmm. like it's ten spots lower than it is on both of our our lists or whatever. 
Well, technically, we could start at 50. Or, well, I guess we don't quite agree as That's to whether Crystallis is tricky. better or worse than, yeah. uh, than Mass Effect 2. Well, we just have... That, that just means it's not a very good cornerstone for this. We agree <laughs> that it's the 40s. Yeah. We don't agree about Mass Effect 2. Right. Um, I, I say it makes more sense to maybe start at 50 and, and work, work our, our way, way up. up. Um, okay. But it's... I, also, I think generally just more fun uh, to kind of... Instead of like working up very one at a time, like yeah, what if we just kind of pick things that we yeah. think are going to be interesting conversations conver and I, have those? I agree. The, the list is too big now to treat every single game like it must be talked about. Uh, every what if we episode. talk about Journey to Silius, number forty-seven? Yeah, I think I think that's a natural point to decide on of which of these NES games uh, sort of charmed us more. Uh, so I know for me, uh, Journey to Silius is is a fair bit lower because. I did not like the feel of Journey to Silius very much at all. I did like the guns. I remember, like, what what I remembered liking is the shooty bits, but all the running and jumping bits felt like trash to me, basically. But then, wow, I I, I never, I mean, the, I mean, you had issues with the jumping too. The platforming in that game is is kind of a a nightmare. Yeah, but I definitely would not say, oh, Crystallis feels great. Journey to Silius feels well, sure. like trash. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I I like the feel of something like Journey to Silius better than than Crystallis, I would say. Yeah, and, and I like the music of Crystallis, but uh, it's it's pretty clear who wins the music department there because Journey to Silius is kind of some of the some of the better of the whole system. Uh, yeah, so, it, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> um, I, I personally like the art of Crystallis more than Journey to Silius. Uh, again, Journey to Silius is sort of just like, I don't know, here's Terminators and stuff. And I didn't find I, the art very compelling of either, though, yeah. because even Journey to Silius maybe looks a little weirder and a little more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, although I did not get to the, I, I don't think, I'm not going to put much stock into an art conversation because it sounds like Crystallis yeah. gets pretty weird at the end. Yeah. Um, Journey to Silius is just ripping off various pop culture things right. for all of its character design. So right. not going to give a lot of bonus points there. Crystallis, the towns look oh, super yeah. boring. They, they yeah. could just be any JRPG. Right. Um, they, it's almost like the towns don't even know what game they're in. You know what I mean? They could yeah. be in Dragon. <laughs> the townspeople could be in Dragon Quest. Yeah, exactly. They have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, my my guess here is you are probably much hotter on Journey to Silius than I am hard on Journey to Silius. Would that maybe be a Let's. Wh where is your journey to Silius on your list? That's the question. Journey to Silius is number thirty-seven on my list. Oh, okay. So it's not a whole whole lot higher no. than your Crystallis. Whereas for me, Journey to Silius is sixty-one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quite I a would bit say that, lower. Yeah, you're you're then harder on Journey to Silius than I am. Like convinced that these two games are you know different in quality. Yeah. Uh, I gave Journey to Silius the edge because it's. I think the NES shines a little bit brighter when we have, um, you know, a side-scrolling perspective to work with, when we have uh, platforming and uh, RPG elements that, like, uh, I think give you a more fuller kit. There's, like, way less items in Journey to Silius, but they feel more substantial, like mm -hmm. the different gun types, right, that right. is. Um, even though even the, a lot of those are, are very silly and superfluous. Um, <laughs> also, it just kind of comes down to, like, uh, a case of genre like yeah. i i like a uh, contra like game mm -hmm. uh, and journey silius is like a slower contra which is perfect for me because i'm not very good at contra so yeah slowing it down does i think add a lot of value for me yeah i'm not sure what i think chrysalis is really interesting 
but I'm not sure it checks like a box that he needed checked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, Because I, I, I think I even feel that even though it's, for me, it hits that point you were talking about earlier where it just like feels like a honed example of these things, but that doesn't yeah. make it feel miraculous to me. It's just like, for me, someone who pushes back on these things a bit much, it's nice to have the honed version, but that, that, that does not make it some sort of bastion of, you know, the, the ultimate version of this thing I think everybody should play. I think people should play this game, but um, I don't think either of these games are things I think someone has to play to truly think. I think everybody should listen to the Journey to Silius soundtrack <laughs> is is more yeah. than anything sort of my thing. So, And I look at this too, and I struggle with like a couple of things under Journey to Silius. Like To the Moon, I liked m- more than Crystallis. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you have the same thing there. I think To the Moon is in a pretty crazy spot on our list because I think you and I had quite a lot of differences in how much we liked that game. But um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I think of wanting it to be under the to the moon, but wanting it to be, you know, and, and also wanting it to be above or under Mass Effect 2. So it's it's tricky because for me personally, I think I want Crystallis to be above Journey to Silius, But I, I also think I like a lot of the ideas you're putting forward in terms of just like at the very least Journey to Silius feels like it's being bolder and goofier where Crystallis, the goofiest stuff Crystallis is doing is, like, in the plot, which I don't care that much about, basically. Right. But also, just as a counterpoint to myself, Crystallis is probably a more rewarding game for our audience to pick up if they haven't played a lot of NES games. Yeah. Journey to Silius, I can imagine more people bouncing off of. Crystallis, there is a factor of, oh, wow, this is, like, surprisingly playable yeah. for something that's on one of the old crusty machines. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this as a, as a potential. So we've got Journey to Silius, number 47. Number 43, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. Shredder's Revenge, mm-hmm. which is a game looking uh, way backwards. Right. I'm curious as to what do we think of something like TMNT Shredder's Revenge versus something like Crystallis, because I feel like we're kind of probably going to be in agreement there and then we can kind of i think kind of figure some stuff out yeah that's interesting i i think tmnt is cool in it being nostalgia bait but it is purely that like it is just just trying to make you feel like you were playing one of these games again and like you could just go play one of those games again, basically. And it does a better job of onboarding a new audience, right? Like it, it, mm-hmm. it's got some tutorials in it. It wants you to learn the moves that your characters have access to. It would like right. you to play all of it. Whereas the old versions of what TMNT is playing is, is being didn't care if you played all of it. They were arcade games that they wanted you to fail at basically. Right. Um, so that's wonderfully inviting, but for me, I don't think TMNT is, uh, especially, impressive it's just a feel-good thing ah so is tmnt lower on your list than 43 yeah. like it is two spots lower it's just oh, barely it's just two spots yeah oh, just okay. barely it's under the same yeah yeah they're, so, they're they're quite similar for me so but on your list you've ranked chrysalis underneath tmnt no, no, no. it sounds like you're making an argument for i'm saying chrysalis is two spots above tmnt 43 oh, is chrysalis 44 is mirror's edge and 45 is tmnt on my list Okay, I have Crystallis number 41, and my number 40 
is TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. Ah. I give it to Shredder's Revenge because it does such a good job of taking all of these beat-em-up ideas yeah. and turning them into a, a literal pizza party yeah. for all yeah. of your oh, friends yeah. to, to enjoy. The digestibility of it exactly, uh, and the humor of it like carries that experience for me so much. Um, and also, like, I don't know, I think I kind of like give points to multiplayer experiences on our list a little bit yeah um like i think it's worth a couple spots right. if you can basically say this game is not only is it fun but it's it's a party yeah. it's it's a it's a hangout well with your friends type experience and i wonder how much tmnt would climb in my own personal rankings with more play like we did one kind of burn through it playthrough i mean we we, we yeah. knocked out tmnt in like two hours and that's all i've touched of it so it's like i played the whole game wow. but that game is not just that right that game is like replay it unlock this thing play it in this way play it with this character do, like it wants you to like really tackle it a lot more and i didn't get to do any of that yet so i do wonder how much uh shredder's revenge is deflated a little bit in my in my heart since Recording the episode, I have had at least three sessions nice. with TMNT where, and, and what, cause what happens is one of my roommates will be like, oh, we should play Shredders. Let's yeah. play Shredders. That's what we call it at our house for some reason, <laughs> which is like the weirdest nickname for it. Um, but yeah, we just, I mean, we don't even have anything to unlock anymore. Yeah, we yeah. just, we just, you know what? They had that update where they added like scan lines or whatever. And I was like, oh, I want to see the scan lines. Yeah. I booted it up. <laughs> like the scan lines. They were pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think like, I think it having a scan lines option is enough for me to be like, I don't know. I think I think maybe we should rate uh, Crystalis somewhere in between TMNT and Journey to Silly. I like it. Yeah, I'm jealous of you getting to have that experience. Like, I, I I wish I had a little posse to just like throw a couch game on and play. So I I and I and Shredder's Revenge is like sublime for that kind of uh of culture so yeah i i think that's beautiful and i i love hearing that my friends are playing games with each other that are games i like yeah so that would make it so that we are looking at possibly ranking crystallis at number 44 number 45 and number 46 that's one right. of those which yep. those three games are uh number 44 halo 3 yeah number 45 journey and number 46 inside yeah um i I could probably go with any of these spots and feel pretty much okay. Yeah. Um, I maybe feel a little weird about Journey, but not that weird. And Inside, I don't really care for. I yeah. think I would maybe even prefer it go above Inside because yeah. I just don't really like that game very much. I, I've I've tried to come back around on Inside a bit more. I, I, I remember more of my first playthrough of that game and how much it really got me. Uh, but I know for you, it it's not that and i'm i'm happy for our together list for for Crystallis to go above inside because my feelings about inside are not strong enough for me to like really clamor to let it stay above uh Crystallis. so that part is is fine with me journey is the funnier one because journey was also such a weird little short experience for me but also a quite magical one that is not anything I've experienced anywhere else ever in gaming. Uh, so that has to count for something, right? Even if it was like a goofy uh, 80 minutes or whatever, whatever it was right. that I spent, uh, it, it was still such a little diamond in the like, wow, that was possible. That was a thing that could even happen. So I, I'm pretty content with Crystallis to be our new number 46 right in between Journey and Inside. I think that feels yeah. really good. 
I'm down with that. It also splits up those two because both Journey and Inside feel like two sides of like different coins. They're yeah. both like kind of more recent indie games. One of them being like very, very bright and optimistic yeah. in its outlook and the other being super pessimistic yes. in its outlook. Right. Um, so it's nice to split those two uh, with our new number 46, Crystallis for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Pretty good. Uh, made by SNK, our first SNK our game first for SNK the list. first SNK game. Uh, one of my first SNK games to ever play, although I think I've maybe played a Metal Slug. Not sure. Not sure. Unsure. Uh, well, cool. Uh, I have to give a huge thank you to Whitebush, though, for pushing for this one for so long. I mean, again, this was like literally the first game that was ever recommended to OGA. This was the first yeah. game someone emailed us about. We didn't have the OGA email up yet, and Whitebush was emailing Space Cats Peace Turtles being like, hey, that OGA show you guys are doing, you should do Crystallis. So it feels like we've like accomplished something to check this off the list. So Whitebush, thank you very much for uh, for recommending this game. It was it. This one worked. Uh, this one is an every wheel submission that like really clicks with us, and I'm very very happy for that. Yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward to Bonk. Yeah, um, I'm glad that <laughs> both of the every wheel stuff was like play something old and weird, yeah. old, crusty, and strange yeah. is always going to perk me right up. Okay, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, Matt, we have a bit of an announcement yes. that we got to do for the Patreon. So this is some spoilers. Um, but this is, you know, season two uh, is going to end uh, with the 100th game, uh, which I think will be StarCraft, That's I think right. is yeah. the 100th game to be added to the list. Yep. Um, after that, you would think season three would start. Um, but no, so we're <laughs> not going to do it that way. Um, we're actually going to take about 10 weeks, uh, which is quite a long time, I realize. And this might this might annoy you. You might groan at this. Nah, I can hear you this groaning. is a fun idea. There's no groaning. It's a fun idea. It's yeah. a fun idea. But what I want you to understand is the point is that daddy's got to have uh, some space away from the show. And this is actually a kind of interesting, weird way to do that. Yeah. We're going to take 10 of the first 100 games that we have looked at. And we are going to do a flashback mini arc where we re-examine 10 games that we've talked about in the first uh, two years of the show. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be 10 games. I am going to pick three of them. Matt is going to pick three of them. Yep. And then you, dear audience, are going to pick the rest of them. That's four spots that you get. So basically, uh, we're going to have a poll with, I guess, 100 options. <laughs> it's just every single game we've covered. Some of which we haven't covered yet. You'll have to decide. Some of which we haven't covered You'll yet. You'll have to just decide. It's, it's awkward. Really, this is about the first 75, okay? But if you... No. If you... Nope. I, I mean, nope. th there's the stuff this season. No, it isn't. And, yeah, I know. It's going to be really if weird. If you want to vote on something we have not covered yet, that is well within your rights because here's something else I want to say about it. The way that the flashback season is going to work is it's going to be 10 games, 10 episodes. You are not going to get me and Matt yep. on every one of them. We're going to split up right. so that for 10 weeks, all me and Matt have to do is record five episodes right. each. Uh, so this will be second viewings of games where, uh, you know, it'll be probably a lot of Matt and EJ. It'll probably be a lot of me and son. Uh, maybe there'll be some switching around. We haven't figured that out yet, but we'll see. Um, the point is... Uh, for 10 weeks, I'll only have to contribute five episodes to the show. <laughs> That's the point, okay? Um, I, if anything, I think what we're coming up with is that sometimes the OGA schedule is incredibly daunting. And yes. uh, we we just, we annoyingly choose to do shows 
where it's every single week of the year has an episode where so many other shows, Hunter, just have seasons. It's perfectly acceptable for a season to happen and then there to be a break from a season and then a new season to kick up a little bit later. But we basically refuse to do that. And this is our hokey little way to still do that, essentially. And yep. I wonder, I don't know what we'll do in between like other future seasons, if we'll even necessarily do something like in between season three and season four, maybe not. But uh, the idea is it's good to get little breaks like this in where where we get like five episodes off. Yeah, essentially. Also, it's like it's I think every, you know, podcast for some reason likes to celebrate 100 episodes. Uh-huh. And I think this will just be our way to celebrate yeah. when we hit 100 is that, hey, let's look back at those 100 games yeah. and see, you know, which of these games do you think was worth a second look? Yeah. Um, and like I said, you can do any. Pick any you want. And so what what it'll be is a Patreon post. This is for patron members. You can uh, be a member of the OGA Patreon uh, during the month of April 2023. And if you go into the Patreon, there will be a post with the poll in it. It'll probably be a link to a poll because I don't even know if I can do 100 options on no, a I Patreon can, poll. Actually. <laughs> so it'll be like a Google form poll uh, kind of thing. But you can fill that out and uh, give us your 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 submissions uh i don't know maybe it'll be everybody gets one does that sound right everybody just gets one and then the top four get it or does everybody get four votes <laughs> i think everybody gets four sounds hilarious yeah and then we have to break a bunch of ties probably <laughs> we'll see how yeah. it goes but i do mm. want to make clear y'all are gonna vote first that'll decide four of the games and then hunter will decide hunter and i will decide our three games after that right. so like hopefully y'all pick some of the games we already really want to do and then we get to add a couple more extras that we want to do uh we were originally just going to do this ourselves and pick our games but we want more involvement from the patreon this is something we hope to do more of it's like every month have more stuff going on uh since we're not really spinning the every wheel as often as we would be ideal uh so we want more of this kind of stuff and uh yeah i don't know i think we both just realized like i don't know coming up with 10 that we all just pick there's a lot of things that we could replay but might not and and i think isolating it too to knowing it's basically going to be you and son and me and ej might make for some more interesting picks too i think some of the yes some of the jrpgs might get repicked up where you two sort of i don't know maybe everyone reforces y'all to check out anachronox again <laughs> did i accidentally put yeah. that into the ether yeah, that's that, that would be funny <laughs> if you pick anachronox that this time i promise we will actually play it because i'll have so much time to do it yeah. for this season so oh yeah go ahead throw throw whatever you want at us or maybe matt uh wait because we're not you know there's gonna be a draft we're yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. just like be like oh okay well uh obviously these are for me these are right. for you if you want to force matt to play an acronym absolutely i will help make that happen okay <laughs> let's do it let's make hunter replay kirby superstar with me specifically instead of with with son i don't know anyways no that's what's going on in april on the patreon be a member so that you can vote on what 10 games four of the 10 games we will replay for the post season two uh off season the beach the beach arc or whatever yeah. we'll call it uh at that time uh i'm excited because there's no way disco elysium doesn't make it onto that list there's like absolutely no way disco elysium does not get replayed uh man yeah, i don't know i mean you'd have to i guess you might I will bring it. it if it doesn't get voted i will bring it and ej and i are because ej just recently beat disco elysium 
And so I'm excited to reap. I've been wanting to replay Disco Elysium and I want to talk about it with EJ uh, real bad. Yeah, I think me and Son could take that one though because we're very like interesting to talk uh-huh. to each other about stuff yeah. and like you and EJ, you know, y'all kind of already have a podcast. Right. So like the yeah. idea that, that But you... guess what? That podcast is about books. Guess what Disco Elysium is? It's a book. So perfect. It's perfect oh. for us. We just go. We'll just okay. If you and Son get Listen, Disco Elysium, just, EJ just, and I are going to do a Disco Elysium episode of just dads reading books. Yeah, which exactly. Disco Elysium is that. super not a kids book, but you know just what? Do that. It's <laughs> it's 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 you and EJ show. Do do you know y'all y'all do that thing? I want to play Disco Elysium. Two That's of what we want my two picks. of the ten options are going to both be Disco Elysium. <laughs> We're both going to replay Disco Elysium. Is going to be what's going to happen. I'll just replay Disco Elysium on my own, <laughs> and then uh, and like I'll show up on recording yeah. day. Yeah. And just be like, yep, I'm gonna be on it. That's you're not keeping me out of here. Yeah, I'm talking about. I, this I just game keep again. calling you on Discord over and over. Like you keep kicking me out, and I'm like, nope, I'm here. I, I I did it. I played it. I did the homework. I get to be on the episode. That's how it works. Oh Boop. man, can we put into the ether what's what game would you most not want to replay, or does that force the poll to happen too much? Does our audience troll us so much that it's a guaranteed get? No, there's actually there is no game on this list that yeah. I wouldn't be like that I would be like, ah, oh, I really don't want to replay that. Right. Because even even games that I didn't feel that strongly especially games I didn't feel that strongly about, actually I, I am like, well, it would be nicer to have more time yeah. to kind of reflect on was it really like you know, like we just that got bad. done talking about Mist and and Mist did not really resonate that well for me. Yeah. Uh doing mist again right. would help me think like okay like is this actually what i feel i put let's see how many hours did i put into mist it's probably not even that many right uh it's not a very long game it didn't take me forever to get through it here let me let me pull it up you had a guide to, um, to make some of it simpler so it's not like you spent four hours trying to solve one puzzle or anything yeah yeah i i did four hours on mist right that's not that long right that's not a lot of time to spend with anything now i mean that doesn't factor in like when I was a kid and like all the other experiences I may have had with that, that's like just this most recent playthrough. Uh, But that is not a lot. If somebody said, Hey, you got to do it again and see what you think. I might have a breakthrough. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't care if y'all want to make me play the stuff I didn't like. It don't matter to me because uh, I, nothing I like better than an opportunity to turn disliking a game into liking a game. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me, I'll just cry. I'll just be so upset if you make me replay Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. That'll just be the pits, and I would hate I'd hate to have to replay Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Please don't do that to me. How many of the games on the list do you think you dislike? <laughs> That's dislike? something I want to know. Actively yeah. dislike? Uh, yeah. If I look at the list, it's like the bottom seven. Yeah, it's not that many, not games, very many games, right? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike most of this stuff. Yeah, I don't dislike most of this stuff either. Yeah, I don't even dislike. You mentioned Kirby Superstar. I don't dislike Kirby Superstar. No, I that know. I just want. I just want you to play it with me. I just want to. I, I think I need you to kiss me in that video game. Okay, that's I, all I need. I, I think my issue with Kirby has always been I don't know how helpful it is to Kirby for there to be someone in my life being like, you know, the, <laughs> the best game ever is kirby and being like like snooty about that. it like I've never kirby done that. is i've the real video games. just said the i like stuff, it i no, you're like you're like oh, i love it man. it's a big top dog thing mr matt martins loves himself some kirby old gaslighters almanac thanks for thanks for coming on everybody old matt martins almanac <laughs> Thank you.
Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac.